0: everyone welcome to the high vibe human podcast redesigned i'm your host lexi ray a human design reader and early childhood and family specialist i am gifted in understanding human energetics relationship dynamics and family dynamics i founded high vibe human with the intention to share the magic of human design in practice we are all about raising your vibrations to connect with yourself on a deeper level when we understand ourselves and the world around us We are better able to show up and create the life we truly desire. I am so proud of you for being here. Let's heal together. Welcome back to the High Vibe Human podcast. I have a guest today for you guys. Her name is Colleen um, from Green Colleen, and I had her on in a previous episode in episode 15, I believe, if you want to go check back. Um, And listen to that one as well. We have a great conversation over there. Um, Today, we dive into hormones and detoxing from hormonal birth control. We talk about the experiences that shape our reality. We talk about pleasure. We also dive into what it means to be a non-emotional being. And Colleen shares her perspective on being a non-emotional and what that means to her and the experiences that she's had. Um, I also give a little bit of the contrary since I'm an emotional being. The population is about 50-50 with um, half the population being emotional and the other half being a non-emotional. When I talk about being an emotional or non-emotional being, this is your emotional center or your solar plexus center in your chart. If it is defined um, or colored, then you are emotional and you ride your emotional wave. If it is open or white, then you are non-emotional and you absorb the emotional waves of others around you. Um, so we dive into that. And then finally, we talk about sleeping arrangements between partners and how your aura plays a role in the quality of sleep that you get. and um, how your sleeping habits play a role in your deconditioning process. And when I say deconditioning process, I'm always talking about coming back to your original authentic energy and taking everything that is not yours, like getting all of that out, um, your limiting beliefs, your past traumas that are um, maybe blinding you from the truth that's right in front of you. And Colleen shares her experiences being in a committed monogamous relationship with her boyfriend and kind of just navigating and figuring out what works best for them. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. I'm going to pop in one more time to share a little bit about Colleen's chart alongside her partner's chart because that always creates a new energy. It's kind of like the one plus one equals three rule, where you have your energy, they have their energy, and together you guys also create a new energy. So I'm going to pop in later, um, and we talk about their charts separately, but I'm going to pop in and talk about their charts uh, together. It's kind of like a little mini reading, give you a taste for what the partnership plan is like in my redesigned program. So... Yes, I hope you enjoy this interview let's dive in I know I think we I mean when was last time I was on your podcast it was like it was four years ago no yeah it was like two and a half years ago I want to say um your episode 15 I think that one still has the most plays too oh
1: my gosh wow and I think that I want to say that was my first podcast I had ever been interviewed on so Uh I remember I don't know if I assumed it but I remember being really nervous
0: (laughs) yeah I feel like I was nervous too but that's okay (laughs) I'm I feel like I feel like the nerves the nerves part don't really go away (laughs) you know like they're just kind of there and you can hang out with them
1: (laughs) yeah and I feel like it's like partially excitement too you know so clearly you know just when I, you're conducting this like passion project and, yeah. and you're having people on that are talking about their passions. So yeah. yeah.
0: So fun. Um, okay, so I sent you a few of these questions and we're just gonna kind of dive into them. Yeah, um let's do it. Okay, so before kind of I guess before I dive into these questions, um, why don't you share with the listeners kind of like introduce yourself, tell them who you are. Um, I know that if They've been listening since i started this then they probably have heard you before but um a lot of things have changed so yeah sure
1: so hello everyone it is an honor to be back on the high live human podcast uh, my name is colleen um, my business name and my instagram handle is green colleen but yes there's been quite an evolution since when i first met lexi back in the day i think we've known each other maybe like Five this year so
0: yeah so we crazy met the tc veg fest in like 2016
1: yes. i want to say yes exactly i remember i mean that was such a highlight we like had yummy food and then we like did handstands and gymnastics moves in trees tree surrounding spaces it was really nice mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah so I, you know, initially started, you know, I have, I'm multi-passioned, but this Green Calling account really started with me going vegan and, you know, just wanting to educate and spread the word on plant-based nutrition and, you know, the planetary and ethical reasons why women go vegan and then how we can do it and, you know, still thrive and, you know, excel in fitness and whatnot. And then... It was when I got off hormonal birth control in 2016, when my eyes were open to how it impacts our entire being as a vulva owner and menstruator, um, in ways that we just simply are never informed on. And then from there, I became a certified hormone specialist. But it's really just like open this whole floodgate of passion around. Um, just women's or vulva owners empowerment and actually understanding their body. And, um, also just like this whole mind, body, soul connection for health. Um, you know, I think I used to view it a lot more 2d and just like what you consume, what you like, you know, what food you put in your body and how you move your body. But, um, it's so much more than that. It's, you know, mental health is such a huge component as well, which I know you speak on all the Mm -hmm. time. So, um, Yeah. So that's where I'm at now. I actually, uh, we can get into this more in a bit, but I was working for a plant-based nutrition company in sales for six years. Um, There was then a big company acquisition. I was laid off the end of last year. And instead of jumping into a similar role within the natural foods industry, I just took it as a sign to pursue this passion project and um, hormone health and, you know, women's health, education, empowerment, and I went full-time with this Green Colleen business. So that has been quite a journey to try to just figure out, um, you know, how to balance what I love doing and also be able to sustain myself um, finance-wise. So mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure it out, to be honest. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, wow. Okay, cool. So a lot of stuff has changed since we last spoke. Um, I know that we kind of talked about um, did we talk about birth control on your episode as well? It was kind of like a blossoming idea. Um, and I remember sharing kind of like my perspective on like how hormones can affect you in more ways than just like your physical, you know, like how they can affect your um, mental and kind of like that like your your spiritual clarity almost too where it's like i remember feeling i had this little like veil pulled over like a mask on of like what my true hormones were actually so it's like i never really got to meet my true self until i got off of them and like still decondition deconditioning de um detoxing from hormonal birth control you know um yeah do you want to I- kind of like expand on that because I know we just like barely barely talked about it you know so yeah let's expand on that yeah
1: I mean just going off of what you just said like by definition hormones are chemical messengers and specifically when we're talking about sex hormones the ones that are shut off on hormonal birth control they are the messengers from your brain to your ovaries and especially as like a vulva owning human so much of like your life force and like so much of like what runs your like overall vitality, like your fertility is literally like your health in a vulva owning body. So that's again entirely shut off. So you don't have communication anymore between your brain and your ovaries. Um, and then specifically, we yeah, got with like with like mate selection, like your pheromones um, are no longer um, actively functioning. So your pheromones are kind of like what you are attracted to um, in a mate. And what's really interesting what's been found in studies is that um, you oftentimes go for almost more like a, like a brother or sister like characteristics in your mate when you are on hormonal birth control. And uh, you are actually more attracted to uh, varying genetic, uh, just more genetic variation in a partner when you are not, because that's like more of like a natural attraction for their pheromones,
0: which is yeah, really interesting. Mm-hmm. It is very interesting. And I like my with my experience um, being on hormonal birth control when I got married, and then coming off it while in the marriage, and then that marriage ending, it's just like, I've, I've heard so many other stories exactly like that, where someone's in a relationship, and they come off hormonal birth control, and then their whole like attraction to that person has changed and it's that that click that feeling that like Mm -hmm. buzz that you used to you know and yeah yeah, that makes so much sense
1: yeah I mean there's just so many things that you know hinder quality of life again that we're just you know I'm definitely a big proponent like you know it's everyone's choice and what they want to do with their body what they want to put in with put in it but it's like all comes down to informed and informed decision-making. So if you're not given that information on like what could happen and what will likely happen, um, you know, as far as, you know, when we're going into like partnerships, I mean, your libido, your sex drive is like majorly hindered because your testosterone is suppressed. Um, you know, it oftentimes affects your gut, which again, affects your quality of life. I mean, you know, to be in pain or constantly bloated or, you know, not have regular bowel movements, um, also like sluggish liver. In fact, can affect a lot of things as well. That's like your body's detoxification system. So, um, mm. yeah, there's a lot of things going on that definitely can change how you're experiencing life.
0: Let's talk about like what you do right now to kind of like take care of your body and your mind and your soul.
1: Mm. That's a really good question.
0: Yeah, they all definitely like play into each other. Um, and like you said, eating plant-based and taking care of your body and moving your body that's just one step but it kind of like triggers other things that go along Mm -hmm. with that like your mind will start to like once you take care of your body then your mind will kind of start to open up and be like hey me too you know and then like once that once you start doing that then you kind of like feel this need to do something a little bit bigger than just yourself you know um Mm -hmm. so yeah can I hear your take on that
1: yeah so i fully agree with what you just said and um getting into astrology a bit i am a virgo rising and i know that with that specific placement it is really important to focus on like physical health and like your body and then i do feel like when i have you know when i'm feeling really good is when i'm able to express myself the most like creatively and just feel really aligned like like spiritually, and um, yeah, just have the most clarity, so as far as physical body um, nourishment, I do love moving my body in some way every day, and I choose to go about it in the ebbs and flows of the menstrual cycle, so depending on which phase I'm in, um, like right now, um, I'm very late luteal phase, so about to bleed at any moment, mm-hmm. but um, I just so- got
0: mine yesterday, too, so
1: this is so perfect that we're in alignment for this it makes the flow that much more flowy but um yeah so the very late part of my luteal phase I'm doing like you know very low impact you know I went on a walk earlier this morning um did some stretching but yeah I would say getting outside in the morning and moving my body in some way if it's not just a walk um I do really love you know going on runs outside, as long as my ankles are not sprained, like they have been the past few months. Um, (laughs) I love strength training, you know, I really love that balance of of it all and, you know, feeling, I mean, just feeling the elements on you, like being in the sun, feeling the wind, like that feels incredible and I feel so connected, but then also feeling that strength. So also if I can do some sort of strength training outside, then that's really cool as well. Um, And then, you know, different types of physical activity where I am, you know, moving with the elements like rock climbing has been a new thing since, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but yeah, so moving out to Colorado two years ago, um, that's been just so much change in the very best way. It aligned right with the pandemic, which was not planned, but, you know, when everything was closed down, I had such access to the outdoors and, um, it felt like yeah a lot more freedom and I felt really blessed in that way. But yeah, rock climbing has been really fun. I learned how to snowboard last year, which has been fun. So yeah, moving my body outside is probably my favorite way to, to nourish my body. Um, And then as far as my mind, I would say I had the tendency just, you know, throughout my upbringing to more keep things that I, keep things within that I'm struggling with and um, so first of all journaling that's been a game changer since I started doing that years ago um, but also like having a trusted person that will just like be there and listen and not necessarily give advice but just like be there and make me feel like heard seen um, to just speak whatever's on my mind that feels very uh, load lightning and just um yeah very clearing um yeah and then as far as like spiritual nourishment I would say just a continual check-in with like does this feel true to me does this feel right right now what do I need um and it's honestly been Quite a challenge, but also I feel like just what I needed, like in this shedding and becoming a new and this new venture of focusing on this passion project of empowering yeah. and educating women. So um, just doing things that you know feel in alignment, and this feels so in
0: alignment. So just
1: trying to figure out every day how to do it as best I can. <laughs>
0: Yeah so when you are experiencing like nature and moving your body out in nature like that too do you also feel kind of like a connection um like like even even though you are moving your body like you're experiencing nature like does it feel kind of like the full mind body soul like thing that you love to do that you're outside that you're with your I'm guessing a lot of these things do you you and Tom do together?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely will do some, you know, things on my own, but he is also quite a nature enthusiast, and, you know, he's the one that taught me how to rat climb and snowboard, Mm -hmm. so we do a lot of those things together. But, yeah, I mean, it just feels so good, mind, body, and soul, to be out in nature, being under the sun, especially if I'm able to be barefoot not mm-hmm. freezing um yeah just like that sensory experience like an ultimate embodiment experience where you're yeah. just like focusing on the sensations at play there's so much going on with like smells and sounds and um you know I mean I, I love reminding myself that you know we are just near extensions of nature so to really just be out you know with our with our uh, family members is <laughs> feels pretty good <laughs>
0: yes with our family members (laughs) earth gang (laughs) um um okay yes love that love all of that um i definitely feel the connection to nature too whenever i'm on a hike um just like moving out to la there's hikes everyone hikes there's it's the thing everyone hikes everyone climbs little hills and mountains and takes pictures Mm -hmm. of the top and it's like (laughs) it's so fun um and Isn't that
1: like a crazy like cultural shift? Yeah, like I, I just know from like yeah so for those of you that don't know I'm from the like Washington DC area and like people would say like yeah like you know I like the outdoors I hike whatever but that maybe means like a few times in the summer or something but it's truly really, like a whole like if you do these things, you do them like every weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like it's quite an investment with all the gear involved, like camping, hiking, other winter activities, or yeah. But once you have it, you have it and you're set.
0: hmm Yeah, definitely. Um I I just got some new hiking boots like last mm-hmm. season, I think. So I'm finally starting to use them now. I'm here in LA. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, same. I'm from Minnesota, so it was quite flat out there and um our winter sports were kind of fun but like still you had to drive a ways to get to a mountain so it was more like ice skating and roller. like I, I rollerblade and a little rollerblader but um, Wait,
1: do you roller like is it the two and two or the four in a row
0: the four in a row like I just like to cruise I don't know how to do anything fancy and dance like that but <laughs> yeah
1: I don't I have a four one too but yeah I mean I know it's become so popular to do the the roller skates with all yeah. the flowing moves I tried them once actually my actually Tom's friend that I was that we were visiting in San Diego she was getting really into them she had an extra pair and old pair you know she was going through them so quickly and I could like barely stand up they're so hard to navigate they're way different
0: than rollerblades (laughs) way different are there any specific experiences that can kind of like point you to where you are right now and like maybe we talked about some already but um if there's any that kind of are like wanting to come out into the conversation um yeah what what experiences kind of like led you to be who you are or to be doing what you're doing today
1: Hmm. so it's hard to pinpoint cause like truly I feel, you know, like I am a product of like all of my life experiences, but if I were to pick a few and um, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I am in a program right now to become a sex, love, and relationship coach as well, just kind of another passion of mine. So I would say like family dynamics, like relationship role models that were, you know, set for me in my formative years, um, just you know i'm curious because relationships you know are so important and they're just not spoken of very openly and you know we're not provided tools and how to go about optimizing our relationships um and you know like yeah community and relationships they're just like so so important in our overall health so um yeah, fully understanding how to go about those navigating relationships. Um, also, yeah, I think I've just in general been, I've noticed myself how excited and lit up I get when talking about more taboo topics, which can be in this whole sex and relationship realm. Um, so yeah, I think also coming from a more conservative household where things just like weren't talked about, you know, it makes me excited to, uh, allow for more accessibility to this information um, and normalize, you know, speaking about it so people feel more comfortable to get vulnerable and then, you know, get more comfortable. So, yeah, I would say that. So my, you know, my family structure and, Also, I would say food, food, and then, I don't know, going back astrologically again, it just, I feel like I resonate so much with my sun sign, my Mercury sign Taurus, and uh, there's so much like just passion around food growing up. And, you know, I've always had such a love for grocery shopping and cooking and, you know, enjoying food, whether, you know, we've made it ourselves or out of the restaurant. And um, so I feel like understanding how like food and sexuality and like all these things kind of tie together in like the sensory experience but also just like overall experience of pleasure and like what Mm. it means to be human Mm
0: -hmm. So, (laughs) did you watch the Netflix special um about pleasure it's kind of no
1: but I guess someone told me about it and I really am looking forward to it but I haven't yet
0: I haven't watched it yet either well when you let me know when you watch it and I'll let you know too and we'll we'll have to have a little chat about it because yeah I feel like definitely food and pleasure like sexual kind of intimate pleasure and food have the same energy almost do you think yeah oh yeah
1: this word came someone said this word to me at one point and I didn't actually know what it was it was a couple years ago but and I think it Oftentimes has a negative connotation, but someone described me as a hedonist, which like means <laughs> you're obsessed with like pleasurable things. Oh. And I was like, um, but I mean, yeah, I feel like in a, I feel like like a wholesome hedonism can be actually really beneficial. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I that that um I haven't heard that word actually like in context before. But that's interesting to that it kind of has like a negative connotation because like don't all humans seek pleasure, (laughs) you know, like that's kind of a very human thing of us to like experience our full spectrum of pleasure that we can, that we can. Yeah.
1: And I think maybe it's because, you know, it's seen as like a negative thing to um, people Perceive pleasure as like overindulging or like it's this like mm. unnecessary thing that like you know, gluttony
0: yeah
1: really? like gluttony mm-hmm. but I think that that's we just need to rewrite the scripts on like what pleasure is like it's really just like being present because there's so many pleasurable things like that mm. we can experience all the time around us
0: yes definitely even just like sitting and observing the sunrise sunset and taking that in as a pleasurable moment yes
1: hmm Mm -hmm.
0: um okay so this is kind of a perfect little transition into my next question for you and um this is about kind of your current relationship so feel free to to omit and like cut out anything you don't want to share but um so you and Tom have been together for like how long now
1: it'll be two years uh August 1st so
0: yeah okay cool um and what the the main question that i want to ask is um since kind of like committing to each other how has your um personal growth like just how how cuz i i've seen i've seen you grow a lot just like through everything that you share with your audience and like ev- like your friends and all that stuff so Um, I have seen you grow a lot, and it's, like, super beautiful, but I want to hear your perspective about, like, how your personal growth has, like, changed and um, what you've experienced, like, being in a healthy, like, relationship where, like, communication and, like, all, everything, you know, is coming together, and, like, you're figuring it out, and yeah.
1: Yeah, well, It's definitely been quite a whirlwind. I will say I had quite the trials and tribulations as I know most of us do with dating. And it was such such a great learning experience, such a great like growth experience. And I mean, when you're dating, you are figuring out like what you want, what you don't want. um, And then also like your value as an individual and, like, you know, not settling for less than you deserve. So, um, and also being honest, you know, being yourself and being upfront with like what you are desiring. I you know that was a big thing for me. So, I feel like I had like all of those lessons that I'd learned, you know, unfortunate experiences that had happened and. Um, kind of on a whim we didn't even talk that much we did meet on hinge the dating app and it was actually Tom's first dating app experience which lucky him because I feel like he must have been my like hundredth (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah so honestly and it sounds cliche but we met up and like within just like a few minutes of talking to him because of like all of the experiences I had had previously with dating I truly like I didn't even think he was real I thought he was like an angel that was sent from the universe and it was not even like this is like someone that you could date it's like this is how you could feel with someone this is like how it could be and I was like thank you universe this is like this is a great like so I kind of get the get the idea
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) um
1: yeah, he um, he's just been such a breath of fresh air. Um, I feel like we complement each other really well. We're very opposite in a lot of ways, but um, also share a lot of the same values. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's been relatively easy which i think is a good sign and that he's a very like open communicator which honestly he's he's probably better communicating than i am and that has you know taught me a lot and especially in conflict and you know when you in when you are in those romantic relationships they reveal so much about any sort of like childhood trauma that might be stored up in there and like you know just mirrors to like you know things that you're criticizing or Whatever it might be, so, um, yeah. When there is conflict that comes up, you know, I've definitely learned from the get-go when we first started dating that I am so much more of a um, what's it called? When you you like w- you want distance in your attachment style
0: maybe avoidance yeah yes
1: so yeah when there's conflict I'm just like I think I'll just like I just need space and I think it's also partially me wanting to like analyze it and like try to understand like why I feel the way I do and um how to go about it and he you know we've since met each other in the middle but he's definitely like no let's just talk through this and like figure it out right now and like I don't want to create any space between us and and I'm like, I need space. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's, I feel communication style has been like a great learning, um, which obviously can be applied and, you know, just makes you more empathetic for for all different people and um, yeah, patient. Um.
0: It sounds like he's kind of able to hold a really good masculine space for like sharing emotions when a lot of maybe a lot of men out here aren't really that great at like holding the space to like just say like I'm here for you I got your back you can share with me like anything how you're feeling like just let it all out and like it's okay to break down you know
1: yeah that's a really good
0: you know like the masculine feminine dynamic I don't know if you've been talking about that in your um In your new learning endeavor, at all? Yeah. Do you have a perspective on the masculine feminine viewpoint and like what each of us kind of like hold and like a relationship dynamic and stuff?
1: Yeah. I know that it's most typical that you are attracted to someone that has almost the exact ratio and opposite of you as far as like masculine and feminine energy. So yeah, I have felt like we complement each other really well because I think honestly throughout this whole like hormone healing journey and me, you know, helping other vulva owners, like we are all, you know, women so in their masculine as as much as society. Um, And I think it's because of exactly what you talked about. There There are not that many spaces or, you know, the men in our lives are not taught how to like, safely hold space so that, you know, more feminine energy, more flowing and allowing and receiving can come up. So, yeah, he does have a very, like, natural way of just allowing me to just express myself freely and feel totally safe, because I feel like, you know, yeah, the masculine and feminine energy is one of those, those teetering scales, like, balancing between, like, once you have safety, then you can have, like, Like exuberant freedom Mm -hmm. and without that you you don't have that ability to experience such freedoms so um, yeah that's been really nice and I feel like in the same way we mean you know sometimes I hold space for him and you know what he's going through and um, yeah I I don't know I feel like there's there's a lot of things where he has actually brought a lot of really wonderful feminine energy to my life like he is way more go with the flow and like spontaneous and (laughs) I have just historically been a lot more scheduled and regimented and um so yeah rising (laughs) yes (laughs) so it's been really refreshing to like allow myself to lean into that and of course he's met me you know in the middle with this as well so it's like he still says this thing, which like I just very endearing to me now. I used to be like, what the heck? But I'd be like, okay, what time? And he'd be like, whenever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what does that mean?
0: <laughs> Give me a window. Like I need numbers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like for trips and whatnot. I don't know. I think I just I get so much joy. I and mean, maybe this is my verbalizing or my plethora of earth signs, but I love like just creating lists and charts and I probably you've probably seen them and he was like like that's doesn't sound fun to just like follow a list during a trip and I was like well we don't have to but really like I just like to create the list and then we can follow it if we want
0: right it's so. just like a little guide here obviously we don't have to follow the path but yeah. I had fun making this <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah so he appreciates the more we use uh we use like google calendars a lot he just started not just but last september He started a more like time intensive job in Denver. He's like nine to six in an office on the weekdays. So Denver is like a 45 minute commute from here. So Mm. we do have to be a little bit more intentional with scheduling time. So um, yeah, I think that just makes our time together that much more precious. And yeah, we just try to be as present as possible. But
0: And are you guys living together at the moment or like... So I can't remember. Yeah.
1: So I have a lease in my current apartment until June Mm -hmm. and he has a place in Eldorado Canyon, which is like a state park, which is like super beautiful. It's like a rock climbing Mecca. So I'm going to be moving into his place um, in June. And yeah, so I know it'll be my first time living with a boy. We'll see how it (laughs) goes. Wait, so open emotional um, center is like when you're more receptive to other yeah. people's emotions.
0: Yeah. So you'll be able to kind of like pick up on what's going on around you. And sometimes you'll feel them as your own. Um, but sometimes you'll just understand that you'll feeling you're feeling this because it's other people are feeling this. Um, and that's kind of like with any center, you'll be able to pick up on what's going on around you and maybe what other people are feeling. When it's their emotional center you might you might feel like you're you're going on the riding the emotional wave with them and um that can give you like a sample of what it's like to be on an emotional wave because like they can they can like pull you down and they can like throw you way up feeling feeling way up here too um, and a lot of the times when you have an open emotional, you're just feeling like pretty cool, calm and collected, like throughout your day and, you know, um, nothing's really going to like set you off into a spiral for no reason like it's going to be something that that um, comes into your space The the waves just come and go they There's no predicting, there's nothing you can do about it. They just come and go and everyone experiences their waves differently. So having the open emotional, um, you'll be able to sample so many other like wide range of emotional waves that like that is your gift in being able to understand like what other people are feeling, not just what you can Mm -hmm. feel.
1: Yeah, no, I do. And it honestly makes a lot of sense. Like, truly, I've always felt like I, I I guess I'm just a very empathetic person. And I do feel like maybe almost something that has hurt me, but I mean, I still see it as like a superpower. Like, I just feel like really sensitive around, yeah, other people's like emotions. Like, I can't even explain this, but it's been something like I know funerals, generally, they're very sad, and, like, they're not, like, experiences people are looking forward to, but I, like, there's something ex- specifically about that experience, especially when I get, like, close to, like, immediate family members, like, partners, etc., and, like, I, I just feel their, like, just deep sadness, and I literally, it's almost, like, I feel like I've felt embarrassment, because I, like, can't control myself, and, like, I just, like, like I'm like sobbing and it's like I might not even have known this person you know mm. um, and I just like I'm I don't know yeah I'm like you know puffy eyed and I like don't even want to talk to the family members because I'm like this is like you know what they're going through and like yeah. why am I being so dramatic right now but it's like yeah that's one phenomenon that I've i just like I just can't even handle funerals um wow. and yeah I think there's yeah just I think another thing with being in a romantic long-term partnership has been like, I'm very aware of it. So I try to not (laughs) do this, but I think the tendency too, is when you're picking up on, you know, your partner's emotional state to like, feel like you want to do something about it. And I know that's like codependent behavior and it's like, just allow them to experience and like, you know, navigate through it, but yeah, that's definitely a tendency, and um, you know, just feeling it with them. And obviously, you can be there to console them and provide them comfort. But yeah, not taking it on as your own has been a a challenge of my life.
0: Yeah, as an emotional person, like in my chart, I'm an emotional being, and all that I know is my experience of riding an emotional wave. Like, I I can feel empathy, and I can feel like sympathy like towards somebody and but but feeling what they're feeling like I have my own shit I'm dealing with you know like that's how I'm feeling at whatever given moment you know so it's like it's it's cool to hear different perspectives on all of this stuff so thank you for sharing yeah, um, hi I am popping in real quick just to share a little bit about Colleen's chart alongside of her boyfriend's chart. And um, this is, like I said before, kind of like the one plus one equals three rule where where Colleen has her energy, her boyfriend has his energy, and together they create something new. So when um, Colleen is alone, she has an um open heart space. And when she is with her boyfriend, that space is activated by his energy. Something that Colleen will feel when she's around her boyfriend is so the heart space is all about like ego and self-worth. Um ego as in the material world and like the space around us and what our human selves need um and self-worth and and our willpower and all of that stuff. So when it's open, a not self-theme is feeling unworthy or undervalued. So when Colleen is with Tom, she probably feels very valued and worthy in their relationship, and his natural energy will bring that out in her. Another thing is they both have open spleen centers, but when they're together, their channels and gates that are defined will define their spleen center. So the spleen center is all about instincts, um, your immune system, survival and when it's open people tend to hold on to things that are no longer good for them so this is kind of like when we're holding on to other people's energy that's n- no longer good for us or when we're holding on to these beliefs or ideas that don't serve our higher self and our our like best self then this can actually show up like in your health if you're holding on to things that are not good for you anymore So together, Colleen and her boyfriend are able to see these things and recognize these things a lot better since the spleen center is defined when they're they're together. Yeah, so they're able to complement each other in that way as well. And finally, Tom, her boyfriend, is a manifesting generator and Colleen is a generator. So manifesting generators have their sacral energy directly connected to their throat center. This gives manifesting generators the power to do more with their voice and with their work. Um, A lot of the times manifesting generators will have multiple projects going at once and um, still be able to find passion for all of them. So when Colleen is around Tom, she might feel more multi-passionate with multiple different things, even if that's not her natural energy and that's okay. She just needs to recognize when she's um, absorbing those things from him and you know, take a step back and be in her own energy. Also being a 2-4 in her profile. Line twos will always kind of crave that alone time by themselves, along with line four, with, which craves um, valuable, intimate relationships. And I'm also a 2-4, so I can definitely speak on this. Um, having that balance is super important. And yeah, I feel like her and Tom have created a nice little equation. One plus one equals three over here.
1: I am actually curious on something that you posted about on sleeping arrangements oh, yeah, in relation. Yeah, in relation to your human design type or other, you know, significant aspects mm-hmm. of the human design chart.
0: Okay, yes. I did want to talk. Thank you for reminding me. Um, yeah. okay, so. Yes, I did post on my story um about partners and whether or not like you sleep in the same bed at night. Um cuz a lot of the times people just assume that like oh partners need to sleep in the same bed, like that's what they do, you know? And a lot of the times um that's not the case and for XYZ reason, you know, like just however many days out of the week, like I need to sleep on the couch or I need to sleep in the guest room or for whatever reason. And um, human design deconditioning process um, asks for us to be um, in our own authentic energy when we sleep. And um, this is because like Our aura, so our aura expands six feet around us. And when we sleep, that aura is still, you know, there and we can pick up, our aura picks up on things even when we're not awake. So when you're in somebody else's aura in the same bed, then our aura doesn't really have time and um, the ability to completely like reset and relax and like like slough off anything throughout the day that we picked up from, you know, work and other people and like the news and sighty and like all the stuff that our aura might be picking up on and like carrying when we sleep, this is the time that we kind of clear out. Um, and when you're around the same person, like another person's aura, you'll kind of, you'll, you'll still go through this process, but, um, when you have open centers like those open centers are still a lot more susceptible when you're sleeping to absorb energy from around you so your partner perhaps is right next to you and maybe you are a I know you guys are both generators and manifesting generators so this is a little different but if one of you is maybe a projector with an open sacral the other one is a generator, a manifesting generator generator with a defined sacral. That generator or manifesting generators, sacral energy is still going to be affecting this projector over here who's trying to get sleep. And like when projectors are around and reflectors and possibly manifestors too, whoever doesn't have that sacral energy defined is absorbing the sacral energy from another being they will probably not get very much sleep like at all or just kind of get like iffy sleep and just not feel 100% rested, not really feel like 100% themselves when they wake up. I know for a fact that the sacral center definitely like has this effect on me. If I am sleeping next to somebody who, if I'm sleeping next to somebody period, but if I'm sleeping next to somebody who has a defined sacral, I can't sleep. And I just, I don't, I don't get very good sleep. I'm restless. I'm just like, I can't like get comfy. Yeah. So if there's other openness, openness in your chart compared to your partner's chart, those were, those are where some overlaps can like happen. And because if you're not able to um, detox and like cleanse your aura while you sleep at night, you'll kind of just like become a little bit more like your partner in a way, you know, kind of absorbing their energy throughout your reset process. And um, yeah, for generators, it can be a little different. Generators might not have too much of an issue getting quality sleep. But they might pick up on other things like open emotional center, open identity center, maybe an open headspace where you're just gonna like start spiraling your ideas. Your thoughts might not be able to like quiet down. So many, so many different things, and everyone's chart is just a little bit different. So showing up in between in between two people is always a little different. But um, I know that you and Tom kind of talked or. I know that you and Tom kind of sometimes will um, spend like your nights away from each other. And I want to ask a question for generators. What is your experience like sleeping together with your partner? And like, how do you feel maybe after like a few days doing that compared to having like a restful night by yourself um, and like waking up in your own aura and your own kind of like, natural process of sleeping and deconditioning and detoxing from the day and
1: well I will say I have over the years become a like very light sleeper and a lot more sensitive with what I need in my sleep environment also I'm just a hot sleeper so if we're in a queen bed and I have a queen bed he he's a queen bed so if we're in either one of our places um we yeah we'll be in a queen bed so therefore we're like likely touching at some point but it's like gotten to the point where if like he like touches me in the middle of the night like at all like i wake up and so you know that ha- like, he's not intentionally trying to touch me I right? like move one of his long limbs and like it touches me and i wake up so there's just a lot more sleep disturbances when we are in the same queen bed we have had more success in the king bed um his family has um a mountain house that does the king bed will go to stay in sometimes, so that's been better. But we have actually talked about potentially, like partially for cost reasons, um, not buying a new king bed, um, just putting both of our queen beds in our you know new space. Um, we we're thinking in the same room. I don't think we have the option of another room right now. But yeah, it's like, there's just, uh, there's a lot of, I feel like shame around it. And I do like, I mean, there are aspects that I love in sharing a bed, you know, it's like we both like really like reading before bed. So it's kind of fun to have that like companionship and then like, you know, I, I do love cuddling, just absolutely not when I'm sleeping or getting close to it. So it's like before bed we'll cuddle and then the morning we'll cuddle, um, but that could easily be done if, you know, we could just pop on over to the other person's bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, generally, I definitely get bet- better sleep when I'm on my own. So that's gonna be, you know, a whole new thing to navigate when we are living together.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, I definitely get better sleep when I'm by myself too, regardless of where I'm at. Um, one thing that I do want to note for anyone who's listening is that, like, when you're sleeping in maybe an apartment complex or something like that, and your bed is pushed up against a wall there might be another apartment unit that's like right up against that wall in a very similar um, layout and your your heads might be like very close to each other like even though there's a wall in the middle our auras like can't tell kind of like if you feel if you're a non-sacral being so like a projector reflector a manifester and you're maybe feeling like you're not getting the best night's sleep even though you are sleeping alone check-in, see if that could be a factor. Um, And this is always kind of like, you know, trial and error, see what works for you, what doesn't work for you. But I wanted to throw that in there as well. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to touch on or talk about before we like, you know, wrap it up? Do you want to share about your uh, program?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I am still creating offerings, but generally, you know, my, I do have a course that um, helps folks, vulva owners transition off of hormonal birth control. So it goes through, you know, everything from like what hormonal birth control is, how it has impacted you likely, um, and then goes into the menstrual cycle of four phases, um, the fertility awareness method. So a non-hormonal method of birth control or tool to conceive whatever your goal is Um, and then we go into um, how to optimize stress levels how to work with movement um, how to support your gut your liver your thyroid and um, and then also we go into like symptoms that you might be experiencing post hormonal birth control Um, I also offer a Dutch test consultation call. So the Dutch test is the most comprehensive hormone panel that assesses your sexual hormones, your adrenal hormones, um, and then all supporting nutrients. So um, that is an at-home dried urine sample test. And then we go ahead and analyze those results. And I create a customized plan, lifestyle food supplements for you, um, as well as provide you a ton of other Hormone health optimization tools, you know, regarding like circadian rhythm and um, blood sugar balancing principles, things along those lines. So that's what I have going right now. I am about to launch a fertility awareness method masterclass. So how to go about actually like tracking your cycle down to like your basal body temperature and your cervical mucus, um, so you can confirm ovulation and have a really like um, narrowed in idea of when you ovulate, when your fertile window is, so you can plan sex accordingly whatever your goal is
0: (laughs) awesome okay all of that sounds super cool um and yeah thank you for being on today it was fun talking and catching up and all that stuff
1: yeah thank you for having me I always love being around your your calming presence
0: I feel like I just yeah feel so calmed and grounded and thank you so much for listening to this episode with Colleen from Green Colleen Um, I'm going to put all of her links in the show notes below so you can find her, um, on Instagram, um, and her website and all that stuff. I'm going to put all of her links below in the show notes so you can get in touch with her, um, and connect with her. I just want to leave you guys with one last little thought before we wrap it up. Um, always remember that these human design systems are an experiment and we are meant to try them out and see what, what works for us and what doesn't work. A lot of the times um, human design correlates with a lot of modern psychology practices and um, it can be a really great tool for self-healing, which is why I created my online program, Redesigned, and this is created for um, a personal journey, a partnership journey, or um, uh, parenting or family dynamics as well. So yeah, if you want to learn more about that, I have that in the show notes as well. Love you guys.